Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Order cancellations, production delays, and poor product quality could all be signs of a brand-supplier relationship gone south. But to steer through today's supply chain headwinds with minimal damage, a power brand must treat their suppliers as true partners at every step of the production process. I'm Edward Hertzman, founder and president of Sourcing Journal, and I'm here with Paul Magel, president of Application Solutions and Technology at CGS, to discuss how buyers and their suppliers can develop deeper relationships. Paul, glad to have you with us. Always always great to see you. Eddie, great to be here. Thanks for... uh speaking to me today. Of course. So we constantly harp on the importance of trust in the supplier brand relationship, but can you assess the status of where this relationship is today for most of power brands? Where do the holes still remain and where do you anticipate improvement? Look, it's, uh, it's interesting. And again, I think uh, from a state of the supplier relationship, it's hard to have a one size fits all because I think it really depends from, brand to brand and and wholesaler to wholesaler with their supplier relationships. But obviously, a lot of those relationships were tested from the pandemic through the supply chain relationships. And I've been saying for quite a long time, and I'm I'm not quite sure as it's moved as quickly as it should be, but those relationships needed to be reassessed Mm -hmm. Um, from what happened during the pandemic. I think trust is an important word, but it's much more about shared risk um, along that supply chain. And I think you know, as we go forward, I think that's what um, people need to assess as they go forward in their their relationships. What is that shared risk model? So if there are disruptions, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a boat in the Suez Canal, or, you know, how is there a mutual risk model, or to use your word, mutual trust to make sure that one party or the other is not going to be stuck holding the bag. So raw data can be so valuable in understanding what goes on within a factory shop floor. What insights are typically taken from this kind of data and what other like hidden gems can a user find out from this? Look, I think, you know, data, and it's not just data, right? It's the, it's, it's taking the data and turning it into information, uh, which is really key. And again, based on some of the things we've already spoken about in terms of uh, the relationship um, where those, relationships are heading. There's really three kind of, I think, key areas that um, we're looking at from an information standpoint, from a data standpoint. Um, Number one is just visibility into the supply chain and work in process, right? Based on the disruptions that we've seen that came out of, as I said, the pandemic, you know, the Suez Canal being blocked, you know, backup of um, ships coming into LA or a potential rail strike, the more real-time data you can have to your work in process and knowing where those goods are in your supply chain, whether they're being cut or they're already being sewn or they're on the on the dock, you can make much better decisions and much quicker reaction to any disruption. So that'll allow you to respond quicker and that work in process is very important. Um, the second area is from a quality standpoint. So by having information, being able to track real-time quality data 
again, allows you to have a much better yield, much better pricing, and again, a much better relationship going forward in terms of the goods coming in, allow you to be much more efficient. And then the third leg that, of that stool, which is becoming even more important as we go forward, is visibility into what I'll call compliance data, or compliance data, or compliance information, whether that's from labor, labor tracking to make sure that your suppliers are paying a livable wage, whether it's where those goods are actually being sourced from, that they're not being outsourced or being sent to a subcontractor who doesn't follow the same standards. And now with ESG and sustainability, being able to track and add information along the supply chain so you can see the origin of raw materials, you can see the makeup of raw materials and whatever it is that certain laws, laws that will be coming out want you to track, that you have the ability to track it. And again, back to that shared risk model, um, it's only as good as the information being tracked. So you have to be able to, to, to trust your supplier that they're putting in information that's that's true and accurate so that you're not held responsible when people are starting to audit those goods. So Paul, I know CGS has its own tracking solution, the Blue Cherry Shop Floor Control Technology. Can you talk about the potential benefits here? I think you just mentioned some of them, but what additional benefits does your proprietary technology have? And this is a question just as a follow-up to that, that always, it always just boggles my mind. Is what has prevented so many brands from adopting these kind of technologies? I think that's changing, right? I think right now it, it's it's uh, not a not seen as uh, um, something that's just going to help them or maybe make them more competitive. Right now, it's a requirement to stay in in business, right? So I think the old mentality was they're chasing the cheapest needle. They can add a couple of uh, additional sewers to get more goods out the door, and they weren't so concerned about how do we drive efficiency through technology and making those some of those upfront investments that technology requires. But I think fast forward today, because of the visibility requirements down to, as we talked about, work and process into quality, especially around the compliance side, you have to connect all the dots across the supply chain from a digitization standpoint, which I think is key now. So you're seeing brands now starting to, who, who for a long time didn't want to be in their supplier's business, have a need now to be in their supplier's business, going back to that kind of shared risk model, um, they need to be much stronger partners of how they do the work, share the information. You know, suppliers who didn't want brands in their pockets and see a lot of information, it's required now to do business, both not only just from an efficiency standpoint and a competitive standpoint, but by law in a lot of cases. And those laws are getting stricter as we go forward. Well, let's, let's talk about regulation for a moment. And, uh, you know, you're a pretty candid guy, so uh, I, I look forward to seeing your response to this. I've been very vocal about my opinion uh, on this. But, you know, in your experience, how ready are brands and retailers to handle current legislation like the Uyghur Force Labor Protection Act or pending bills like the New York Fashion Act? Uh, and, and, and where do businesses really need to improve on this from? Look, to answer your question, I don't think they're prepared. Well, I'm happy you said that because that's, that's my stance. Okay. You know, some may feel they're prepared, but, you know, again, some of the way these, these laws are written, you almost have to prove a negative, which makes it very, very difficult to prove it didn't come from here or to prove it didn't come from there. But, you know, back to that digitization of the supply chain, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And there's so many links along that supply chain. If you haven't connected all of those dots, if you don't have a trusted partner who's providing information timely and accurately, you're not going to be able to provide it. If you don't have the systems and the platforms 
that you've invested in that can house all that data, um, not only in real time, but over time. So that when people come in and ask for reports and ask you to prove things out, that you can actually prove that out and you can follow the, the life of the garment. Um, you know, in the past, people got away with saying I'm organic or I'm sustainable with no real definition of that. Mm-hmm. These laws now are putting teeth in there. They're putting definitions of, you know, origins and prove I'm not using forced labor standards and those types of things. Your systems have to be able to account for that, have have the data that can be turned into information and reports of things, and then make sure the people putting that in are trustworthy because at the end of the day, it's your brand's reputation. And it's also your bottom line if there, some of the fines and things can get egregious as we go forward. Well, let's just stay on the topic of um, sustainability and ESG for, for, for a moment. How can brands, because this is another difficult component, how can brands ensure that their supplier factories are responsible and ethical in compliance with these ESG standards? It's, you know, multiple ways, right? So again, from my standpoint and from where we sit, it's from a technology platform that extends not only within your four walls as an enterprise, but throughout that supply chain. So one, they need to make sure they're investing in technology that can lay out a supply chain, connect all the dots, have an open architecture from APIs and everything else. So whatever systems are in use in the supply chains, they can connect and, and, and get that uh, data. Number two, it's also in terms of how you build those relationships, both contractually and how you, you know, how you behave with your supplier relationships. Because at the end of the day, back to, again, the word you use in the beginning is trust. So, you know, you've not, you've got to be able to trust, the, you know, what they're putting in is correct and accurate. And you can, you know, force some of that with contracts, going back to the shared risk, where they've got a part of that risk if they're out of compliance and it's due to them, you know, there's a shared risk model there. So people are not playing games just to get that order and just to collect that check, but they've got a a risk model that extends throughout the life of that garment and and through the responsibility of some of these laws coming in place and, and, and the sustainability side. So I think it's multifaceted. Both technology, you have to have the capability and then you have to have the contracts and the relationships that allow you to uh, be trust, trusting your suppliers and, and get the data that you need um, and, and feel like you can rely on it. It's always great to see you. It's always great to hear your, your, your comments and insight in the industry. I know the audience loves it. So hopefully you'll come back again soon. I hope all is well and thank you. Yeah, everything's good. Again, I always enjoy the conversations and I look forward to the next one.